Um, in, in my opinion, there's, there's nothing better than uh, having our full worship team up here and singing along to the, uh, with the voices and the instruments and just praising God together in that way. But there is a, uh, sometimes, it's, and I speak for myself here, it's, it's easy just to kind of uh, listen instead of actually join in and, and uh, really be a part of it. Well, when the instruments are silent and there's only one voice up here, you guys got to pitch in or it's going to really sound terrible. And I'll speak for myself, not for Dave, but <clears throat> so it's, it's good for us to uh, to have the time to actually raise our voices and put effort into it and sing to the Lord, even though the sounds may not be quite as pleasing to the ears when we have our uh, regular team up here. I guess if it gets too bad, I'll get Christy up here and play the piano or something. <laughs> oh, that's, that's all good, though. So, um, give you a few announcements. Um, for the service, I thanks Dave for uh, leading out in some courses to start the service. But uh, we'll be uh, having a, another 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes of, of singing yet. And uh, well, we'll we'll mix some, uh, hopefully, some testimonies and sharing time through that. We'll be using either of the books that you have. The the Faith and Praise book, which is the red one, and Zion's Praise is the green one. And I have a couple songs picked out, but I'd like for you guys to pick out some songs. If I can, I'll lead them. If, I, if uh, they look too complicated, I might uh, take a rain check on it. But uh, I, and you can, yeah, you can feel, feel free to pick songs as you will. But what I'd really encourage you to do is if find, find a song that expresses the testimony of your heart today and tell us why it does. Feel free to share with us. And if you have anything else to share along any other lines as well or any prayer requests, please feel free to do that in between songs and we can take time with uh, prayer and sharing today. Our service is a little bit of a different than normal order there. Again, I'm not sure if we have a normal around here which I think is good. It always gets changed up a little bit. But after the singing, we'll take a little bit of a break. Uh, we won't have kids' songs this morning since there's no uh, Carrie or Jason here to lead that. But I'll give you a, a short break. There's there's tea, coffee, water, and such like back in the foyer. And uh, after we're done with our singing and sharing time, I'll uh, give you a little bit of a break. And then... Uh, after that, we have two brothers are going to be sharing with us during our uh, time of preaching the word. Tim will be leading out in that, Tim Page, and he'll share for 20 minutes or so, and then maybe we'll have a song or two, and then Brother Lee will be sharing as well after that, and that will be pretty much the, the conclusion of our service. We do have a lunch uh, following the, the service, and our time fellowship around that. So um, let's turn to number three in the Zion's praises. 
we got started with that. I do have a couple other songs, unless you guys all pitch in with <clears throat> with your songs. Ah, looks like I'm going to get some help here. You going to help me sing? All right. And uh, yeah, after the song, feel free to share <clears throat> whatever God is laying on your heart. Uh, hopefully my voice uh, holds out here. If it doesn't, I guess I'll turn it back over to Dave. I've had uh, I've had a fairly bad cough some weeks ago, and there's just a little bit of a nagging hanging on in my throat that doesn't want to quite go away, but I think we'll be able to sing as long as you don't have too much of a circus act down here. At least that should keep a smile on your face. Okay, number three, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And that's in the green book, the Zion's Praises. Caden, come out here and stand by down, okay? I'm not as good at starting a uh, song on the correct pitch as what Dave is, so I have a little bit of a, of a helper here. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Great. 
matter what uh, others think of us or think of our story or think of the gospel we share doesn't change who we are in Christ and what his blood has done for us. So, 341, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. You did say 341, correct, John? Zion's praises. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed through His infinite mercy His child and forever I am Redeemed, redeemed Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb Redeemed Think of my 
says Tiff.
always think of my dad when I sing this song. This is one of his favorite hymns. He was, uh, and I heard, I've heard him speak of it many times. So, the word picture in, in the last verse, and you stop to think about that. If all the oceans, Tiffany, do you know how big the oceans are? They're pretty big, right? That's a lot of water in the ocean, right? Now, now think about this. If the ocean was all ink, like ink in a pen, and the whole sky was all paper, and the song says that we couldn't, if we use up all the ink that would be the ocean and all the paper that would be the whole sky, that wouldn't even tell us how much God loves us. Isn't that pretty cool? <laughs> I think she does. Isn't that quite the word picture? Yeah. To write the love of God above you, drain the ocean dry. Couldn't even fit it all in the sky. So um, it's a pretty good word picture um, that the writer came up with there. And something that always uh, made a big impression on, on my dad. He loved that song. Anyone else? A couple more before my voice totally gives out. Tim? Uh, yeah, this, uh, last week I, I went over to clean the carpet for this lady named Robin. And she has terminal cancer. She's not very old, 60 years old. Um, but I got to share some things with her, you know, about God and Jesus. And uh, just pray for her. What, what was her name? Robin. Robin? Father, I thank you this morning that you are a God who cares and that you know each situation that we find ourselves in. You know our paths far better than what we do. We pray for Robin this morning and the situation she finds herself in with terminal cancer. And Father, we know that you can heal even terminal cancer if, if that's your desire but we know that even through these things your, your greater desire is that these things draw us closer to you and build our relationship with you and I pray that that would be a reality in Robin's life this morning wherever she's at with you I pray Father that she, you would reach out and, and touch her and speak to her this morning and and I pray that uh, the words that Tim was able to, to share with her from, from your word would, would go into her heart and she would remember these things and, and think on them and that your word would bring her comfort and strength in these days. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Fifty? Didn't we sing this? Yeah. Or am I not? Did you sing number fifty? Didn't we do that? Yeah. We did sing that. Want to sing it again? All right. Well, we're gonna sing it again just for you. And I want you to sing "I Like Extra Loud" so you remember that we sang it. <laughs> Either that, or uh, hopefully your 
uh, enthralled enough with the power of God that you want to sing twice. I appreciate that. <laughs> I sing the mighty power of God. Think about the words of this song. Um, the ultimate power that, that God is, uh, has and how he's in control of everything. <clears throat> I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to roll that day. The Trying to remember how this song goes. I don't think I've sung this one for years and years and years. Who knows what?
There, there's a couple different tunes that go with these words. You know this one? I, the, ver, the verses look familiar, but I can't. How it starts actually doesn't uh, uh, isn't clicking in my brain this morning. You know exactly how it, how it starts? You know it well enough to sing it? <laughs> so if, if you uh, if you can start it, you know it, Tim. You know the song? Oh, there you go. That sounds true. I, I think we'll get it once we uh, once we uh, get started here. Tell me the stories of Jesus. I love to hear things I would ask him to tell me. stories about Jesus and the children. Do you hear that, Tiffany? The stories from Jesus, where, the, where the children came and sat on Jesus' knee. And the stories, uh, the third verse talks about the, uh, is referencing the triumphal entry. Fourth verse references him uh, calming the storm. 
stories of Jesus. Well, I think my voice has uh, pretty much had it for this morning, at least for now. <coughs> Thank you for bearing with me. Asti and Tabitha are laughing at me. Um, <laughs> um, so I will, since uh, we don't have Carrie and Jason here, um, we will forego the kids singing. So I'll give you about a 10 minute break. Get some coffee and water, say hello to your neighbor, laugh at Esty and Tabitha, and we'll be good. And uh, we'll come back in about 10 minutes and we'll have our uh, shiny time from the Word. Some of us are back in. Got your coffee. You know, stay awake. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think Tim would put us to sleep anyway. So that's probably not a probably not a danger. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Tim, come on up here. We'll have a word of prayer, and uh, I'll turn it over to you then to share for uh, however long. Father, I thank you for our time this morning here. I pray for my brother Tim as he shares your word. I pray that you would speak. Uh, to him and uh, give him words that you would have him say, even clarity of thought and mind, and just fill him with your spirit this morning. Yeah, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I think I'll go up here because then I can won't fall over. Um, um, I, I, uh, my stomach's like jumping all over, but, you know, I, I was a little scared when Phil asked me to do this, um, I thought, uh, I can't do it, but, you know, and I really, I can't, but if God helps you, helps me, I can, so that's what I counted on, and he did this week, I feel, um, so I'll, I'll get started. Um, I like to share, you know, it's going to, one, one place from the Bible is Psalm 77. You don't have to turn there yet, but, and then John 4. Uh, but uh, I, I had this thought, you know, I think it's uh, good to, you know, where we're at in the world today. Doesn't look very good, uh, you know. We got a national debt that is at 30 trillion, and that's 88,000 for each U.S. citizen. Uh, <clears throat> and then the virus—it's just who knows, you know. It's—it's it's there. Uh, a lot of speculation on what, what, where it is, where it came from, you know. But God's in control. And he's trustworthy. Uh, the economy, uh, and, and, and the Bible says, "Take no thought of tomorrow." You know. And there's the, the you know, Russia and China, North Korea, all that. <clears throat> I just wanted to share that. You know, I don't know why, but I felt like this is a good thought. I mean, it's not a good thought, but <clears throat> it's kind of. You know, where we just need to draw closer to God. <clears throat> and my next thought is, um, I is a ver- I'm very lonely. 
uh, uh, word. Uh, you know, you, you use the phrase, I will, I can. And then and there's a song that goes, one is the loneliest number. Uh, some of you might have heard it. But I think I and one, you know, are, are, are similar in that respect. And how should we speak? You know, you learn in English language, we're taught to say, not start a sentence with I. Uh, we should begin our sentence with uh, you and I, or Tom and I, or Linda and I, John and I. And, and, and that's important to get our focus off ourselves. Because what was it Satan did? You know, he, he says, I will, you know. Uh, uh, this is going pretty fast, uh, but I don't know. <clears throat> I think it's going all right here. It brings me to my next thought. Uh, where are we at as a church? Um, recently, uh, a lot of you don't know me very well because I'm kind of a quiet to myself person. I try, but... Uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, pretty shy, and, 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 but, you know, where are we as a church is what I want to say is, how do we view other people, you know, that, you know, not everyone that comes in, you know, all of us have our, our inhibitions and, and self-consciousness and different things. And we have to be careful that, you know, that we reach out to other people. You know, we we need to have this the the right a good loving attitude because um, it's important sometimes because we don't know what someone may be going through or how they feel, but a, a hi hello uh, is is always good and it's needed. Um, so I think that's important, you know, because we need to have the attitude of Jesus. I, I'd like you to turn uh, to Psalm 77. I'd like to read that for you. <clears throat> and lately I've been uh, reading the Psalms pretty Trying to be real um, consistent with that, and if you read five psalms a day and one proverb, you'll go through it in a month, both of them. But uh, so I'd like to read this for you. I cry out to God, yes I shall. Oh that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed. I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul, my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? 
have his promises permanently filled? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. <clears throat> but then I recalled all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. And when the Red Sea saw you, O oh God, the, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. The road led through the sea, your pathway, through the mighty waters, a pathway to no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. And uh, like I said, you know, I went through all the Psalms and this one stuck out to me because uh, here's David, you know, he, he did a lot of things for the Lord and, and, and we read a lot about him, you know, love God uh, <clears throat> very much as many of us do and uh, he um, he would he felt abandoned by God and and, and you know that's kind of you know sometimes we can feel that way and and get get uh, I don't know feel like you know alone in the world and I think that's where David was then and, and, you know, he ends the Psalms by saying, no, it's not true. And, and that's, you know, even though we feel things, sometimes we need to overcome those feelings and realize that how much God loves us. But most, most of all, that's, that's a, a point I want to make. You know, if people come in here and, and they can maybe feel that way and, you know, even abandon my God, but... Let's not let them go away feeling that they're abandoned by us, you know. Uh, and I'd like to share a little bit about my testimony right now. I wish I could, like, shake off this nervousness. Uh, I feel, feel like a board, a board up here. Uh, anyway, my testimony... Uh, uh, Prior to becoming a Christian, uh, I did a lot of things, and I, I'm not happy about uh, <clears throat> that. I wish I'd done better. Um, growing up in an alcoholic home is not a good place to grow up. I had a mom that was always there, and she she provided for the family, and I have two brothers and a sister. And she did the best she could. My father, he had a problem with drinking. And uh, I, I, 
So you kind of get out in life and you kind of figure things out on your own, I guess. And so that's, that's where parents come in. We need to be really trying try and guide our kids, you know, in the right way to go. And, and we went to church regularly. Uh, I learned that part of that was so mom could have a place to get away from some of the problems at home. Um, <clears throat> and we didn't enjoy going to church very much. Uh, but we were there, and it was good for us. And I heard a lot about, you know, um, the, uh, the church services were more, you know, you need to get born again, which is a good thing. But I didn't hear much about the mercy of God or the love of God. So when I got older, I didn't attend church anymore um, and, and went out on my own. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I know that. God, he, he drew me to himself. Uh, he, uh, uh, went, I had a good job. I was married. Uh, <clears throat> a son, my son. And uh, every, you know, but there's something missing in my life. And without Christ, there is something missing in your life. Uh, because the world can't feel it. So... God drew me in, and I would drive by this church on my way to work, and uh, I knew my life wasn't right, things I grew up knowing that were right, that I should be doing better. I had conviction over them. Um, <clears throat> but God uh, had me drive by this church, and he, he put it on my heart to go to it, and it was like I couldn't get away from it. So I went, and... and uh, I remember standing there in the service, and, and, and they had a service like we have here. But the, the Lord was calling me to go forward and accept him as my Savior. And I did that as a child, but my reasons were different then. It was to uh, miss out on hell, and, and a scary thought. But uh, God showed me that I needed a Savior, and, and that... Uh, that's what I, that's the only answer, uh, or that's to have a relationship with him. But I didn't go forward, and I remember shortly after that talking to the pastor there, and he didn't say, Tim, you need to say these these words, and there you go, you're good to go. And, and uh, we have to be careful with that, because um, sometimes we talk more and try to lead people in a prayer when really what they need is just someone to uh, listen. But he, he told me, he said, uh, uh, I was a mechanic at the time, and he said, uh, uh, God's after you. And I didn't understand what that means. And, 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 and so uh, shortly after that, I would go to work, and my life up until that point was uh, pretty hard for me. You know, going to school, I used to wait until the bell rang to the last minute before I'd go into school because I was maybe four or five inches shorter than I am now. You know, I didn't grow until after high school. And I had buck teeth. 
Uh, so I, I felt picked on a lot. And um, <clears throat> so people for me were a real hard thing to deal with. Um, but, uh, but, you know, so I think that, well, I'll get to this part here in a minute. So that, you know, it made me shy and kind of closed off a lot. Uh, but anyway, he told me, he said, uh, uh, God's after you. Uh, so I'd go to work, and, and, and like I said, you know, this, this uh, my, kind of my attitude toward the world and all that was affected a lot by my growing up which all of us, that, that's really how it is, I'm sure. And uh, it was a lonely place, life, my life. Uh, <clears throat> and and uh, at work, I would take my break, and, and I think this is really cool. Was, uh, they had cable, and I would go in, you know, and, and you know, half hour break, and turn on the channel, TV in the break room, and, and uh, watch, and I, I found a, a Christian channel. And I know it was because God was after me, you know. Um, it was 700 clubs, I watched it. And, and then someone came in, so I changed the channel, embarrassed. And, 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 uh, and that went on till the third day I watched it, and I didn't mind if anyone come in, you know. Uh, so I watched it to the end, and... and Pat Robertson, you know, at the end prayed, you know, accept Christ. And I did that. And, and, and I met my heart. Uh, I just thought, uh, God, if you're real, you know, I'm tired of the way things are. Uh, I'd like, like to have some, something different. And I felt like that, that was the only thing I had. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to fix this. And, and uh, so I prayed that prayer, and God saved me on the spot. And he changed my heart. And I just It's like Pilgrim's Progress. I felt a burden go off my back. And I knew that, you know, I, I just felt lighter, like I could almost float. Uh, I went out of there. And the first guy I seen, I witnessed to him. He was a guy that worked in electronics, always a grumpy looking guy, and a young, young man. And, and I just told him, you know, because I knew something changed in me. And, and I shared with him that, and he looked at me like I was a nut. And I was pretty much a nut right after that as a Christian. <laughs> I, uh, but I just, the, the, the joy that I felt then was amazing. And, and, and all the things that I heard as a kid, you know, about God, I realized it's all true. You know, this is real. Uh, he's real. And so I began my life as a Christian. <clears throat> um, and I just... Uh, uh, shortly after that, 
we were living in Kansas, and we both from were from Colorado and wanted to get back. You know, Kansas is flat, so we were both kind of used to not so flat. You know, wife. I had a vacation, and so I came out here, and a friend of mine lives in Canyon City. He uh, uh, <clears throat> told me he needed they needed help where he worked, and so I had a job lined up. But during this time, as after becoming a Christian, I used to write on the dust and the cars that I'd work on, Jesus is Lord and different things. I, I was really kind of a, 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 a Jesus freak, you could say. Um, and I didn't see anything wrong with it, but other people didn't appreciate it very much. <laughs> and, and so, and my boss seen that there's a change, and uh, uh, he decided to fire me that week. So I get back, and I have another job lined up. So I'm so, I'm going to tell him, you know, I'm leaving, and he he's and before I could tell him, he tells me I'm fired. Uh, so, so, so I think I say, well, don't feel bad because I already got a job, and uh, I said it's okay. So we left, moved back here. I, I don't. I, I could be up here. I'm, I'm a slow talker, and and I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Sometimes I can just rattle on and on. So I'll try not to do that. Uh, but anyway, life. Life was what it was, but it caused some problems in my marriage too. Um, I, the change, and uh, we were married three years, and my wife uh, went off with another man and uh, wanted a divorce. So that happened, and divorce is just such a terrible thing. I hate for anyone to go through that, and God really hates divorce in so many ways. Um, so then, you know, and, and getting back to I, uh, I, I deserve that, I think, because I, I, I didn't show my wife the love that she deserved, um, and I didn't realize how to be a good husband, and my, my first thought was that now I can't I can't be a missionary or I can't be a deacon in a church, you know, because of divorce. That was my first thought. It shows how selfish I was. <clears throat> and so we, I, I began to find a church where God led me to there. It was in Canyon City. And uh, <clears throat> single. And I wanted to do the right thing. And the church I went to taught that you're to remain single or else be reconciled. So, and it was a Baptist church. And, and, and so I tried to do that. I tried to live that life. Uh, and, and I felt like there was no other option. But God does talk about divorce, you know, and, and, and what to do in situations. It, it, it does say that, you know, you're not to leave someone if they're content to dwell with you and, and that as a Christian. But if unbeliever depart, you let them depart. And I just struggled through that. I tried to figure it out. And I stayed single for seven years. Uh, 
And, and, then, and then it's like I, I decided to give up. And, and that's when I made a mistake and uh, uh, got with someone. And it didn't last very long. Uh, and I, I was miserable. Uh, I just felt like I was, I was abandoned by God. Uh, and, and, and like I thought, you know, doesn't seem like she's going to come back. I waited seven years. Uh, <clears throat> but single life is a good life, I think, too. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but so here's wife number two. Uh, so that was didn't last very long, and I ended up moving away. And and I was uh, <clears throat> uh, close to where I went to school, Rocky Ford, Colorado, near my mom. Worked there and stuff, and I thought, Lord, I'm going to get this right. I'm going to marry someone who loves the Lord. Well, uh, that's when I met Opal, and uh, that, that was a, I won't say a mistake. Uh, it is God's perfect will for our lives, and, and we can know his will by the Bible. And, and can avoid a lot of things in life that can lead us, you know, into uh, problems. But I met Opal, and and we were. She had two daughters, and and like I said, divorce you really lose your family, and and I I did. Uh, my son, I I was not a good father. I decided work was more important than money. So I, <clears throat> and that caused a lot of problems. You know, the Bible has clear, clear thoughts for everything we want to do in life, but we need to read it and realize that God wants the best for us. And his way is, are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. That's why we need his thoughts. So uh, we were married 12 years, and it, it was pretty rough. Uh, we were like opposites. She was, I, I was like this shy guy, quiet, uh, not, not a real outgoing. She was totally outgoing and, and just a you know, wonderful person. Uh, she had a really rough childhood too, but we were married 12 years and she died. Uh, she, she had a problem with prescriptions. Um, and our marriage was, uh, like I said, pretty tough. But I believe I'll see her in heaven because right, right along when we first met, it was a whirlwind type of uh, relationship. Um, she, I believe she accepted Christ right before we got married so I thought it's okay I can marry her because <laughs> that was the one thing I thought I, that's got to be right this time and uh, and so uh, <clears throat> but there was a lot of drinking and stuff and that she she had troubles with. 
And, and I got to raise two stepdaughters. One was four, the other was 12. And, and, and I got a family. Uh, but life is short, so we have to really be careful. As the years turn into decades, uh, 10 years, and then short, a few years later, you know, 80 years is here, 50, 80. <clears throat> but um, I, I'll, I'll delve into this. Uh, I'm not, it's kind of crazy, but right before she died, we had began supporting a child through compassion. And I talked her into it, and we would send money. And then someone wrote me from India. It was a girl who worked for Compassion Ministries. And, and there's so much I in my life that, that that's a really bad way to look at life. Uh, and it can get you into a lot of trouble. So there's the I that, hey... I was, I was single and, and uh, uh, thinking this girl began to write me from India so I, I wrote her back and, and then it turned into phone calls and I'm not proud of this either she was half my age and someone in India but I just thought I, there's I again I just thought maybe I'm supposed to be a missionary to India or something and so that relationship was three years and during that time, I had, I had a job where I wasn't too happy with. I was pretty tired of maintenance job. And, and, and I, I decided to go back to college. It was just me. So I see it's a lot me and I here. <clears throat> there, I did have a son. And I, didn't, I didn't spend time with him. He was older, you know. He was nearly... 17, 18 by, by this time. And I could have been in his life more. But selfishness. Um, so I, I thought, well, this India thing is looking where I'm supposed to go. Route. And uh, I would call her every weekend. And it was good. The only good thing out of that was a vacation to India for two months. Uh, and it kept me out of trouble because I had a problem with lust. Um, and uh, so um, that helped, you know. Uh, and I know it doesn't seem like God was there much. And, and I thought I was following God closely. <clears throat> but uh, so... Part of the thing with India, you're supposed to meet them. So I, I, sorry, I keep saying I. I think that's a, a good, good uh, reason God's just having me say it this way. Um, <clears throat> I began to send my money to India to help her, and she wanted money all the time. And I believe, I, I believe she's a Christian. But India is a hard place to live. I found that out by going there, seeing it. Um, and then I told, told her, you know, how am I ever going to get this 
ball rolling about the whole marriage visa. You need to go meet person. And, and, and it, and, and here, here, here you can see, you know, it, it's uh, like this guy, he, he's just out there, you know, when it comes to women, he's just lost. He doesn't know which direction to go. So here I'm uh, knowing someone in India, and uh, so I, I book a ticket, flight to India. Well, actually, I go through the police academy, and I become a policeman. And uh, <clears throat> I decide that some of this money left over, because I could not come up with this money for a plane ticket working and sending most of it over to India, a lot of it. Uh, so I got a plane ticket at, with part of my student loan, and I told her, I'm coming. Uh, and, and then it had departure, arrival and departure time, and I picked, I did my own itinerary, which is crazy, but it worked out uh, by God's grace. Uh, I, I picked two months. Not, uh, very little planning. I needed to get a, a, a visa, a passport, and all that. And, and there's some crazy things about that, but it all, all fell into place. So I went to India and I spent two months over there. Uh, she she uh, had a brother and sister. She lived with her mother and father. And we, we went to stayed in their village. Uh, and the reality set in, you know, uh, you can talk to someone, but until you meet them face to face and get to know them. But the wonderful thing about India is I got to uh, hang out with her dad, and he was sort of in ministry too. And we would go from house to house and pray with people. I didn't know the, I didn't know what they were saying. Uh, it was always the language. But I, I was uh, uh, like, they they were really sh shocked that I showed up there to start with. But I had a, a, a good time uh, and spent, spent two months there seeing the culture, drinking their little coffees, uh, and just spent days going around with her dad. Uh, but uh, the last, last weekend, we went to her uh, future in-laws, the girls. I didn't know this. And so I spent the weekend at, at this house right before I was to leave, right after that. And, and it was a, a guy that was her age and, and stuff. And I realized that, you know, uh, this relationship, she, she's going to be with this guy. Well, I was supposed to speak that, next, that Sunday in that village. Uh, they had already planned all this, and, and uh, so I did. And, and then it, it sort of, you know, it was, it was three years of this relationship, and, and I found out, you know, that all that for nothing, which was good. You know, it wasn't God's will, and He He spared me. You know, uh, <clears throat> He guided my life. Uh, but so. 
So here I was, you know, my heart's broke, and I'm to speak that next day. And, and God, so I decided I need to figure this out, you know, and get over myself. And, and uh, so I went out and spent time with the Lord, and he just showed me, you know, you can't live by your emotions. And that was the message I shared there. And then uh, she translated it. Well, I, I know, am I doing all right on time? Because I don't want to leave out dragons. But anyway, that, that's four marriages, okay? Well, not four. Debbie's I met. And uh, I, I'm glad I did because she, me and her are the same age. And I, I came back from India, and, and, and uh, <clears throat> I sure didn't want to make that mistake again. You know, I wanted to make good choices. I should have just stayed single, <laughs> probably, because, you know, that's, you know, God's such a forgiving God. Um, but I met Debbie. And and uh, we have a we've been married six years, a wonderful marriage, and she loves the Lord with all her heart, uh, no doubt about that. And she really cares about me. And and uh, I, I don't know, um, I I believe all that mess that I did in different directions, it it, it just allowed me to meet Debbie. And that, that's where, you know, I'm about to wrap it up. Uh, that's where I'd like to, us to turn to John 4. Oops. Sorry. Okay. Uh, and it talks about the Samaritan woman. And I believe my life parallels the Samaritan woman. And uh, I think that's why God wanted me to share all these things, you know, all the ugly stuff about my life. Uh, part of that. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but... The story here goes, you know, that the disciples came to the, that village and uh, they, they decided that they didn't want nothing to do with the Samaritans. So they were even willing to go walk quite a distance away just to get something to eat, you know, and they asked Jesus uh, if he, uh, to get him something to eat too. But Jesus decided, you know, he didn't have a problem with anyone. Because God loves everyone. And he sat at the well and let them go. And he didn't, he didn't tell them, you know, you guys, you guys, what's, what's wrong with you, you know. But he was trying to get them away from their traditions. And uh, he wasn't going to push anything on anyone. Well, he, Jesus, that puts, puts him there and the Samaritan woman comes up and... and uh, and, then, and she she's doesn't come out to the well. I've heard it this way that because you know she came out uh, at, at a time when no one else would be there, 
And then she she is there, and Jesus is there, and God had an appointment with this woman. And and uh, she had had five husbands, I believe. And Jesus told her, you know, He knows her life, and He knows her choices. He know, knows everything about us, which is really amazing because He 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 also uh, when you come to Christ, He He doesn't. All our sins are wiped clean. Yeah. You know, we we can still let them uh, see them, and, and I don't see how he doesn't see them. But it says he doesn't. Uh, but he he reached out to this woman, who uh, I'm sure felt a lot like I did in life, and and he just showed her that she's important. And that he wants a relationship with her, <clears throat> and and she she wanted that. She she was looking for that. You know, it says, "Seek and you shall find," and it says uh, uh, that God, uh, those that earnestly seek Him, shall find Him. And she talked about, you know, you Jews say that. Jerusalem is the place to worship, but uh, but we worship on this mountain. And and, and she wanted she wanted you know t- to find God. And Jesus told her he said he offered her the living water where she never thirst again. And that's true about God too, you know. Once He gives you the living water, you won't thirst again. Um, <clears throat> and uh, she got that that day, um, <clears throat> and and uh, uh, and she she I think was a kind of a Jesus freak because she went into the village and told everybody, "Come see a man that told me everything I ever did." And and uh, you know it, it, it's just I just feel like that's my story, and uh, too. Um, and, and then just you know we can all experience the love of God uh, and we need to, to have love for one another because people can't see God Some kind, sometimes most of the time or a lot of times the only God they see is you so um, I hope this was helpful and uh, I appreciate the time and uh, <clears throat> I really am blessed by being here, a part of this church. And I just uh, thank you for hearing me. Thank you, Tim. If you want to give that uh, headset to believe. Uh, as you were speaking, the, uh, a verse that, that came to my mind in uh, Proverbs uh, 16, I think, verse 9, is it says, uh, the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know how <clears throat> I can say that for my life. I think it's we all have those areas where we, wow, this is a good plan. I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to go this direction. And we do, but yet somehow the Lord says, wait a minute. That's not where I want your steps to go. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. And... Um, that's 
think of the song um, written by Fanny Crosby, and I'm sure a lot of you know, is a very uh, prolific hymn writer. Um, the song, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. I'm not going to take the time to sing it at the moment, but um, well, a lot of people don't know uh, Fanny Crosby, and, and in spite of, I mean, along with being blind, had a lot of um, relationship issues and things like that she worked through as, as well, uh, marriage and, and other things, but she finally she came to the point in, in writing this song that's all the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? You know, there's, there's, there's nothing else when it finally comes down to that and, and you say, God, you go ahead and direct my steps. And that's, that's what I heard from, from your story this morning, Tim. So thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, God bless you. Um, Brother Lee, come on up. Uh, I'll pray for you and we'll uh, give the rest of the time to you. However, uh, you choose to uh, use that. Yeah, you can come down here if you want. I'll pull that down here for you. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for my brother, Ali. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, speak to him as he speaks to us and that we would once again continue to hear from you and from your word and that our hearts and minds would be lifted to you. Pray that you would anoint his lips with the, the words to speak. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was a blessing, Brother Tim. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was actually, if I may say this, last week after church, Tim approached me and he and I asked him, Hey, how was how was your week? And he he told me how his week was, and in the back of my mind, I was like, are you reading my mind? It was like the exact same struggle that I was having, and it was so encouraging for me, so thank you, bro, for, for doing that. I really appreciate it, and, and it's a blessing to have you as part of this church. Um, and that being said, you might be wondering, uh, why is he wearing boots today? You see it? You see it? I, you know what, we went to a show, I took my family to a show, and these guys, you know, cowboys riding horses and stuff, and just, bro, the cowboy that wasn't me was sleeping a long time ago, really, really, I was a cowboy until I was 12, I promise you, and then I went, I, I got into middle school, and everything turned into sports and school, so I forgot I was a cowboy, but I, I'm a cowboy, so... Yay, I get to wear my boots. You can tell never wear them before, right? They're all, like still super clean. <laughs> Anyways, I don't, have a, I don't have a horse, I don't have a truck, but in my heart, I'm a cowboy, okay? <laughs> so, okay, I, you might be wondering too, I think I've seen Lee a couple times this last month. So yes, you're guessing right. Uh, my wife and I decided to join this church and, and we're happy. And I just wanna make that officially to you guys. You guys are such a blessing to us, and, and we hope to be a blessing to you too. So, just to make it official. This is going to be interesting because actually, team at the end touched a few points that are going to be like, oh, I just heard that, but yeah, I guess, I guess it was God's plan to talk about that, right? So, a few, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I... We were at home, my wife and I, my son, and 
we thought, you know what, let's read the Bible. Let's, let's have a time together here. And we, start, we, we, we read first Peter, the first chapter, the second part of the first chapter. And, uh, uh, and then she asked me, what, what do you see in this word? What does it talk to you? And I'm like, oh, great. Now I need to think about this and, and come to a good conclusion, right? I mean, I'm the husband here. I'm supposed to be like the leader and smart and know about the word of God. And I'm like, I have no idea. But let me think about it and see. So I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to tell you what, what I took out of this part of the Bible. And that's what I want to share with you. And if, I mean, if you want to open your Bible, and we go to 1 Peter, we're going to read the second part, starting in verse 13. <clears throat> a little bit before, Peter is talking about being born again to a living hope. All right? And then 1 Peter... Chapter 1, verse 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation, revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And it, and it keeps going. I mean, it, you can read it at home if you want. It keeps saying a few things about this. But then, I don't know about you, but the word that, how do you say that, like stood up out of the, of the, of the verse of this text was sober-minded. I'm like, sober-minded? I, I thought like being sober was only about not drinking alcohol or something that made you lose your, right, your normal state, your, yourself. So I thought, okay, what is, what is sober? So I, I went to my computer and, and found a few definitions that I want to read to you. And sober means not being intoxicated, intoxicated or affected by the use of alcohol or drugs. Abstaining from, my, on my writing here, habitually abstemious in the use of alcoholic drink or other intoxicants. Now, I like this third definition. Straightforward and serious, not exaggerated, emotional, or silly. I think sometimes I can be silly, so I hope I, I, I'm still sober. So then I thought, okay, if you can be, excuse me, if you can be sober-minded, so then... Maybe you can be drunk-minded too? Huh. So I thought, okay. So what is, what is drunk then? What is to be drunk? Definition of drunk. Into of course the opposite. Intoxicated with alcoholic liquor to the point of impairment of physical and mental facilities. That's scary. Caused or influenced by intoxication, overcome by strong feeling or emotion. Isn't it that interesting? Right? Now, I want, you, I want to introduce you to the digestive system. You're going to see it over here. And you're wondering, why are we going to talk about the digestive system? It's beautiful, huh? Now, before I start explaining about this, I need to tell you this. I went to school and I did a bachelor's degree in human nutrition. So I kind of have an idea what I'm going to say right now. Don't you think that I'm making it up? I have an idea. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> so 
This is the digestive system, and the digestive system has different parts, different organs. All right? We all have the same digestive system, hopefully. Um, now, there, there are, you know, drinks, food, or whatever thing that we put into our bodies that this beautiful guy here is in charge of taking care of it, right? We absorb it, metabolize it, and eliminate it. Let's not talk about the elimination right now. Let's talk about the absorption only. But you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so, uh, I mean, we have, the, we have the mouth, then we have the esophagus, and then we have the stomach. In the stomach, basically, the food, uh, it's, it's um, broken down a little bit more, you know, like a little, almost like a liquid thing. And then it goes to the small intestine, which is the purple over there, and it goes to the large intestine, right? And then it goes up. So, in each one of these sections, it's prepared, or it works so specifically that you have no idea, or maybe you do, but uh, some of the nutrients are absorbed in different parts of the digestive system, okay? And I want to talk to you about a few, in this case, because we're t talking about being sober or drunk, I'm going to try to take it to the mind part. I want to talk to you about a few drinks. First drink, and most important, it is water. Thank you. How do you say water in Spanish? That's an easy one, right? Uh -huh. I'm going to ask you another question. Let's see if you can say it. <laughs> no, you did good. Agua. Water. Okay. Water is the most important liquid drink that your body needs to function normally. Okay? If you don't get enough water, you may get a headache. You may get... Um, Oh boy, what is the word for it? Constipation? Is that a word? Okay, you can get that problem too. Because water is part basically of every single function of your body. You need water. Period. That easy. Okay? Water is mostly absorbed at the very end in the large intestine. You see the one that goes from like this shape? You see on the, on the um, bottom left? corner, you see large intestine, that's, the water is mostly absorbed in this part, almost at the end, okay? But it helps the whole process of food or whatever you are drinking, right, to make the digestive system work, work correctly. Okay, that's water. Now, there are other kind of drinks that we don't, I mean, we don't really need, but we enjoy, like soft drinks, maybe a soda, maybe juice, I know, they're good, huh? Okay. The content of these drinks is different. They might have a little bit of water, but they usually have a lot of sugar. And I bet you have heard about sugar. Okay, that one is mostly absorbed in the small intestine, the purple one. You see that? Which is right before the large intestine. So, esophagus, stomach, and then small intestine, and then large. Okay, in the small one, which is actually super long, sugar is mostly absorbed in there. Okay? And now, the third drink is alcoholic drinks, okay? That one is absorbed in the stomach. Isn't it that interesting? Right before uh, the, the, the small intestine. That's why, if you're wondering, sometimes you take a little, a little zip, you know, of alcohol and boom, it hits you right away, it's because it's absorbed like this, really fast, okay? That's, that's why the effect is so quickly. Right away, stomach, and boom, to the bloodstream. 
Okay, so that's the order. Water at the very end, sugar subtly in the middle, and then alcohol right away. And now there is another thing that is not actually a drink. This is not a drink, but some people unfortunately use it. Like for instance, solvents. That is not a drink. I mean, gasoline. Can you imagine if I came to you, brother, and hey, bro, here you go, a cup of gasoline. <laughs> You're gonna be like, are you trying to kill me? Right? I mean, you, you wouldn't drink that. Even if I gave it for you for free. Because you know. I mean, maybe you will take it and put it into your car like that. Hey, thank you, man. Like, to make your car run. Okay, we don't drink that. Because it's not made for drinking. Now, let me tell you this. If by any chance you put gasoline in your mouth, it's going to burn. All your cells inside, is gonna, your skin is going to hurt. Now, if you make it, I mean, if you happen to let it go through your esophagus, it's going to burn all your esophagus. And then if it gets to your stomach, it's going to be the same thing. Now, it is very likely that if it gets to your stomach, your stomach is going to say, this thing is bad. And it's going to make you send it back. That is the most likely thing to happen. However, even if it still goes, it's going to destroy every single place in your digestive system that it touches. Now, on top of that, 99.9% of probabilities that you will get cancer because it's going to destroy your cells because that thing is not made for drinking. I mean, it's for the cars, it's for something else, right? It's not for drinking. Okay, with that idea, with that concept that I just told you, um, if, you distracted, if it is distracting, we can take it from here, but I would like to leave it there if you don't mind. It's beautiful. Well, the guy is very strong, goodness. I mean, those muscles. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, let's take that analogy and apply it into our minds, into our lives. You know what I'm going. I like I like that you already know what I'm going. First of all, water. Brother Tim just told it. Just say that. Who's living water? It's Jesus, right? When he met with this lady from was it Samaria? Samaria. He told her, I mean, long story short, really quick, I am the living water. I am who you need. I am what you need. If you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Right? I am the living water. I love it. I love that example. I am the living water. So, first of all, Jesus. If we feed ourselves with Jesus, just like if we drink enough water, our body's going to function correctly. You do know that already, right? You guys know that already. It's the same. If we feed ourselves with Jesus, we're going to function in a very healthy way. Yeah. Isn't it that amazing? I actually love the example that we need water, physical water to function correctly, and we need the spiritual water. And both of them are water. I kind of... I kind of doubt this is an accident. Isn't it that beautiful? We need the water physically to function and we need the spiritual water to function too, to be sober-minded. Now, the second drink, the soft drink. We, I mean, we do it for, it's good. I mean, it, I would say it's fine, right? I mean, it, it gives you a good taste. And I'm, I mean, this one is a little bit harder to put into the spiritual 
round feel because it might be different for everybody. But it could be any activity that we do for fun. Like it could be, I don't know, sports, watching a game. Um, what else could it be? I don't know if you like, I mean, now that we have all this cryptocurrency going on and you like that kind of stuff, it's fine. I mean, you really don't need it, right? I don't need juice to live. I do need water. I do need juice. But sometimes I drink juice. I like it. Good flavor. Um, now, we do things, right? Like in this case, I'm talking about sports because in my life, sports is big. And just like sugar can, by the way, in case you didn't know this, when you drink a lot of sugar, the body uses it. And when it has, it has more than it needs, it's like, what should I do with this? Huh, I'm going to store it. And it stores it as a fat. That makes sense now, right? Yeah. And then the older you get, your metabolism, the slower it is. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm pregnant with my wife too. I'm like, I think we're going to have twins here, okay? So I got fat with sports. I got fat to the point that I broke my knee. And I'm usually, if you see me like, oh, I don't like this. It's because I'm complaining about pain because I was sports. Because playing too much, too much sports can hit you too sometimes, can hit you back. So it might be different for you. It might be a different, a different area of your life. But let me talk about the third drink, the alcoholic one. And again, it's different for everybody, but I want, in this case, I'm just, I just want to say money and being greedy, right? And like alcohol, the effect is super quick. You drink alcohol, it boom, the stomach gets absorbed, and right away you feel it. Might be different for some people, right? But at the end, if you drink more than you can handle, you're gonna lose control of yourself. You're gonna get drunk, not sober anymore. It's the same. Sometimes it can be money, sometimes it can even be, I don't know, work or whatever applies to you. Just think about it. Those things that if you get too much into it, make you lose control of who you are. Okay? And now, there is a fourth one that was actually not made for us. God didn't create this. God created, I believe God enjoys when we have fun. And I believe God created jobs too. The first couple that existed, he told them, you're going to be in the garden and you're going to take care of it. That's a job. The job is good. The job is good. Right? Now, there's a fourth one. That is everything or all those things that is impure by itself. It could be related to sex. It could be related to spiritual things, demonic stuff. Or sometimes we usually think like, well, I'm definitely not over there, right? Thankfully, I don't have any of those problems. Okay, how about gossip? Is it good? Let's be honest. It tastes really good. When I hear something about somebody, it's like, mm, tell me more to pray for them. Just kidding. It does. It does have an effect on you, right? And, I mean, being honest with you, you, like, almost wish you can hear a little bit more just to pray for them. Right? It's so strong. And its effect is, like, 
like this. However, it's going to kill you. Just like gasoline. If you drink gasoline, man, you're gone. It might not, you might not see the effect right now. Then in a few years, you're going to the doctor. I have a problem here. Oh, yeah, you have a huge bowl over there. It's cancer. What happened? Oh, I drank gasoline many years ago. That's why. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know, I know. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. If you see stuff on the internet, if you see things in your phone, if you listen to things that are not helpful to you, they're going to kill you like this right away. You see the difference? The effect of water slow. It needs to be part of your system and the way you function to actually function correctly. It needs to, from the very beginning till the very end, you need the water. Sugar, sugar takes a little bit longer. But if you take too much of it, then you get fat. You get more than you need. Right? And alcohol, it hits you right away. Right? And, 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 and then it makes you lose control of who you are. And the other one is the worst. Because it's not even a drink. But if you have contact with it, it will destroy you. Now, check this out. This is very interesting. Water. Have you ever heard somebody like, you know what, I have a problem, addiction to water. <laughs> Let me pray for you, man. Right now, yeah. Isn't it that interesting? You do not develop an addiction to water. However, you can develop addiction to sugar. Nobody said amen. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I tried to go no sugar for a few days. And goodness, I didn't know I had... I mean, I don't know if I can call it an addiction, but it definitely affects me, drinking sugar. And alcohol is the same thing. We have a lot of groups of people uh, seeking for help because they have a problem with alcohol, because it creates addiction. And, and I mean, in solvents, unfortunately, you've seen people, you know, that they, they um, put some of that stuff into a little, uh, how do you call that, like sponge or something, they're like smelling that thing, even though they're not drinking it, the effect of those molecules goes to their, to their system and it affects them. And they're all like, slow and... It's so sad. Okay, it's the exact same thing. What do you think is easier? Have you tried to... I'm going to give you an example of reading the Bible. Have you tried to read the Bible? And sometimes it's hard. Right? But if you go watch a movie or a series, you can watch one episode and you can watch two and three and four and the whole season and then the next season. Easy. I've done it. I know. I've done it. And I want to read the Bible. I want to spend time with God. And five minutes later, it's like, oh, just five minutes? Goodness. Is that true? Isn't it? It's crazy, man. Why is it like that? We need, I need water. You need water. That's the only way we can function. Now, let me say that again. Water is the only one that does, does not create addiction and is the only one that we do need. The other three create addiction. The addiction of alcohol is stronger than the addiction to sugar. And the addiction to solvents is stronger than this one and to the other one. And it's the same. Right? It's easier 
for somebody to stop playing video games if you have an addiction to video games, right? It's easier than to stop watching things that are not healthy for your soul. This is harder. This part is harder because it's deeper, because it's more dangerous. Those things were not created. Have you noticed that in church, we can, in church we can talk, I mean, first of all, it's about Jesus, okay? We always talk about Jesus. We crave for Jesus. We talk about Jesus, but we can actually talk about business, right? We can bring somebody, a brother that knows about business, how to run a business in a healthy Christian way, I'm going to call it. And it's great because the center is still Jesus. Or we can talk about sports. I can tell you things about sports at church and encourage you. To, actually, I can encourage you and tell you, bro, working out is good for you. <laughs> hey, it's good, man. <laughs> or working is good for you. I can tell you that. Right? But can you imagine if I come here and I, and I told you, there's a movie that is a little bit impure, and I think you should watch it. Phil would be here right away, in my ear, and like, get out of here, bro. What are you doing? Yes. Because it's not healthy. Because it's not good for you. And we would never recommend that to you. Because it's bad. Run away from those things. Like, like, if I gave my brother a cup of gasoline, he would run away. He would be, this guy is crazy. He's trying to kill me. Right? Because it's dangerous. Now, I'm explaining all these things to you that you already knew. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. You guys were ignorant. You guys were ignorant. That's what God is telling you. You were ignorant. We didn't know. Let me ask you this. Did you know about alcohol that is absorbing the stomach? No. You weren't ignorant about it. But now you know. Do not be conformed to the passion of reforming ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, I just told you this, right? And talking about the drinks, some of you are like, I need to stop drinking sugar, man. Who thought of that? Let's be honest. Who thought of that? Nobody thought of that. I, you did. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you don't drink a lot of sugar. That's great. But some of you thought, yeah, that's true. I need to stop drinking sugar. Hmm. Yeah. Or I hope not, but if you have a problem with alcohol, you're thinking, yeah, I need to stop drinking alcohol. I hope you're not using solvents, but if somebody hears this, I hope that person thinks, I need to stop smelling this trash, right? Okay, and maybe because I just told you about Jesus being the living water, you're thinking, that's right. I need to stop. I don't know if you're seeing things, hopefully not, but if you are, there is hope for you, okay? If you're listening to things that are not healthy and are not keeping you healthy, I hope your soul and the spirit is talking to you and telling you, you actually need to stop filling yourself with trash. And the same, even if you're losing your mind for a job, business, or recreational activities or whatever, my guess is that you, I hope you're thinking that. And I hope too that you're thinking, I need Jesus. 
Now, let me tell you this. Even though your conclusions are right and you have good intentions, you cannot do it. You hear me right. You cannot do it on your own. I've tried. Really, I've tried to be as holy as I can with all my strength. And I put all my effort into it. And I cannot make myself holy. I need Jesus. I need help. And He's the only one that can help you. Because it says over here, You shall be holy for I am holy. He's the only one that has the right to say that. I am holy. Right? So you cannot. If you have a problem with that, let me tell you this. You cannot do it on your own. You need Jesus. We all need to come to Jesus and He will make us holy. And with His help, we'll be able to stop watching those things, listening to those things, thinking those things, whatever trash we have in our lives that are feeding us and making us unhealthy. We need to go to Jesus. He's the only one that can do it. And wants to do it. And will actually help us. He's the only one. Now, let me tell you this. You, maybe you already know this, but if you're talking about drinks, okay? If your diet, about drinks, was 100% water, zero sugar, and zero alcohol, and of course zero the other trash, you're going to be a very healthy person. I promise you. I guarantee you, very healthy person, right? If you drink, I mean, 80% water, maybe, uh, a little bit of sugar and a tiny bit of alcohol, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you'll make it. I mean, it, it's okay. It's not going to be like you're going to die tomorrow or something. I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about a healthy body, but 100% guaranteed you're going to be super healthy. Now, if we do it on the aside, on the minded side, you feed yourself 100% of Jesus. Name it the way you want. Read the Bible, just spending time with Him, worship, worshiping God, relating to brothers, allowing, allowing them to encourage you, to exhort you, and the other way around. You're going to be a very healthy person. The more stuff you put in your life, in your mind, of jobs, remember, jobs are good, okay? Fun activities, they're good too. But you need to set some limits and have a balance. First place, water, the living water, because this one makes you healthy. Plus, you function correctly. Isn't that amazing? This of here, I mean, really, we cannot be without jobs. Well, well, yeah. I hope you think like that too. You need to work. We have to work. It's good. Work is good. And activity, fun activities too. But I want you to remember this part. The more water, the healthier you are. So to be physically and spiritually healthy, we need water. We need Jesus. And like I told you, it can be in different forms. Just the Bible, reading His Word, spending time with Him, communion with church. Enjoying each other, 
helping each other, pushing each other sometimes. Sometimes we need a slap from someone else, right? So, now that we know this, let's not be conformed to our former ignorance. Isn't it hard? Sometimes we go to church, we hear preaching, and we go like this, man, I'm going to do it. This is the time. It is good. I mean, I, I'm glad that happens. It helps. But really, it's like, God, can you please do it? Right? It's actually humbling ourselves to God, please, I actually cannot do it. But you can do it. Please do it in me. And allowing others to help you getting close to Jesus. Now, sober-minded. It's possible. It's actually possible. He wouldn't say, Peter wouldn't say this, being sober-minded, if it wasn't possible. It is possible. But only Jesus can do it for you. Isn't it that interesting? Even though if we have good intentions and we try on our own, listen, even though it's a good thing, this is a good thing, even though if it is good, if Jesus is not doing it for you, you're not going to do it. Like, for instance, you can go to a mission trip. Or you can turn to a missionary, you know, and go to whatever country you want and go spend your whole life over there, but you're doing it just because you can or just because you want, not because that's the will of God, man, that's, that's going to be a hard one for you. Isn't it interesting? Jesus is the only one that can do it. And if he calls you to do that, do it. So, in this life, we will have, we'll be around all those drinks. We know that. I mean, we might get a little bit of juice today. I don't know. We might. They'll be around. But it's our decision, with the help of God, with the help of Jesus, if we're going to drink them or not. You know I'm talking about the other thing, right? I'm talking about, I'm actually not talking about the drink. I'm talking about all these things that affect us. So, first of all, I want to, I would like you to make sure that you don't even touch the fourth drink, the one that destroys you because it's not a drink. Don't get close to that one. When your flesh is asking you, telling you, go see things, it's fine. Do it in your phone over there when nobody sees you. Hmm. God is with his eyes right there looking at you. He is looking at you. He's seeing you. Plus, remember, it has an effect in you. Just like the solvent, right? I mean, if I, if I have some solvent, a lot of solvent, that kind of stuff, then, then you will see me going a little bit like, man, at least not normal, right? I'm not sharp. I'm, I'm just a little bit like, uh, gone. It's going to be the same thing for you. It's going to destroy you. It's going to kill you if you go over there and see, watch, listen to, touch. That's what your flesh wants. So, the second and the third one, be careful. It's not bad from the nutritionist's point of view. It's not bad to actually drink juice, right? Or even a cup of wine. Yeah, it helps with the digestion, but that's it. If you drink two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, it's too digestion, too much digestion for you, right? You don't need that much. You're going to start getting a little bit crazy. It's the same. We need jobs. 
We need to have fun. We need to do things, normal life. But we need water more than anything. We need Jesus. So, just make sure that your main drink is water. Physically, really. <laughs> but also spiritually. Just make sure that the first drink, that the drink that you take the most, have the most, is the living water, is Jesus. And I'm telling you this, you're going to be so healthy. Really, if you drink water, physically water, water you're going to be healthy. But if you drink Jesus, you know what I'm saying, you're going to be healthy and sober-minded. Then you're going to be sober-minded. Right? And interesting, before that, it actually says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. That's the reason why we need to be sober-minded, because we need to be ready for action. I don't know if you've seen, like, um, I mean, there are a bunch of studies about this, but when, a, when somebody's driving a car and that this person is drunk, their reaction to different things on the way is super slow. That's why so many accidents. That's why so many people have died because of, of this, right? If you're not sober-minded, you're not in the healthy state, so you're slow. And when things are coming to you, you're too slow to move away or take it out of your way. But if you're sober-minded, you see it and I know what's going on here, right? So, that being said, that was the digestive system. And that's how we work too with all the things that we are around. And even though it's good to know, now that you know that you, I mean, yeah, you can drink uh, juice if you want, soft drinks, just be careful. It will affect you. It's the same. There are other things in this world too that we can access. And it's our decision to drink them or not But it's not enough to have a good intention. We do need Jesus. We do need Jesus. And I don't know if, if I mean, how you how you're how are you feeling today, how your life is today in this in this area, in this field. If you're sober minded hundred percent, ninety-nine percent, seventy percent, it doesn't matter. Jesus still loves you and he's there. And he wants to give himself to you. Because he's a living water. And he's the only one that can do it actually. And the only one that wants to do it. And he will do it if you ask for it. So, um, like I told you last Sunday when Brother Tim approached me. Man, that was a blessing for me. Bro, that was a blessing. Thank you for doing that. It meant a lot. I needed it. I saw Jesus. I was being fed by Jesus when he approached me and talked to me. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Go find a brother. Go find a sister. Open your heart. You'll be surprised on how God is going to feed you. Let's, let's drink Jesus. Let's be sober-minded. But we need his help. 
Um, let me close in prayer. Jesus, we praise you. God, you're good, and, and we love that you're good. Father, we thank you that you're the living water and that you've given yourself to us so we can function 100% and being healthy and being sober-minded. God, I pray for each one of us, my brothers and sisters for this church and the people that may be watching this video, that we get to know you and that we get to be transformed by your spirit because this is about you. God, please help us to be sober-minded and to be able to control ourselves, the physical drinks, but also the spiritual ones. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it ourselves, even if we want to. We do need your help. Father, I pray that even this morning after church, during lunch and fellowship time, that we get to have a good conversation with each other and encourage each other. And that that will lead us to you, Lord. And that we can feed ourselves with you to each other and love one another. We praise you, Lord, for your good and because you deserve it. And because you're holy. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ali, for unpacking that verse about being sober-minded, probably in a more down-to-earth, practical way than I've ever heard it before. Uh, that was a blessing, and I, I think it was in a way that every one of us could uh, digest it. So, <laughs> thank you. That brings us to the close of this portion of the service. Thank you all for being a part of it. We have the meal planned and uh, lots of good food over there. Um, my daughter made a great pan full of brownies. I guarantee you there's sugar in them, so one each. Don't just fill up the, your plate and have a, have a plate full of brownies there. <laughs> All right, let's, let's stand. Uh, Phil, will you lead us in a, in a closing prayer? Father, thank you for your living word. Indeed, it is living water, and I thank you that you met each one of us just like you met the woman at the well. So you met Brother Tim and his life, so you met me and each one of us, Lord, and those who have not met you there at the well and exchanged water that makes us thirsty for the water that satisfies. I pray that today they would come and meet you at the well and allow you to give him that living water. Thank you for this temporal food. I pray, Lord, that you would bless the cooks that prepared it. And you, Lord Jesus, would strengthen our bodies for the purpose of fellowship and to walk through this day to worship you and walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. You're dismissed.